This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets for Week 9. I'm Pat Mayo. We're talking rankings update, full injury reports, and of course, the prize picks for the week. You want to get a free hundred bucks on prizepicks.com? Easy stuff. Hit the description, use our link, deposit up to $100, get a match, boom, you're in business. You can use code MMM at prizepicks as well to get the exact same offer. All the rankings down in the description. The full injury report is updated right now in the Mayo Media newsletter, but I will be sending out another updated newsletter on Saturday evening, so please sub for free to the newsletter in the description right now, all right? 10% off Run the Sims as well. If you go to runthesims.com slash mayo, you get the prize picks tools, all of the betting tools, all the DFS tools, and making your own projections is super simple at runthesims.com slash mayo. Let's get to the prize picks for the week and take a look at what we got going on. I have one that I really, really like. We can see what I've played so far. And let's see, Heineke over or more than 228 passing yards is my single favorite prize pick of the week. We have him projected at around 270, so that makes a ton of sense to me. I'd play him with either Antonio Gibson fantasy points, as you can see right here, more than 11 with no J.D. McKissick. You would expect Gibson to take that passing game role more so than Brian Robinson. Frankly, he's coming off two gunshot wounds. Brian Robinson hasn't looked good whatsoever. So we have to find another one that's not in the same game to go with, at least on the same team to go with, unless we want to do a three-play as our main play. So the one that I did do earlier was Heineke, more than 228.5 passing yards. Christian Kirk, more than 11.5 fantasy points. Las Vegas, notoriously bad against slot receivers. We've seen Kirk move into the slot a ton. So the other three I was kicking around, Tua, Less than 33.5 passing attempts. I see this being a very run-heavy game against Chicago, a very close game. If they can get up in this game, maybe Mostert and Wilson will end up taking over. Just don't expect Tua to be just slinging it out of the shotgun the entire time. That one I'm a bit iffy on. That is a Run the Sims special. It is the most heavily sided under of the week of any prize pick on the board. Alec Pierce, more than 28.2 receiving yards against the Patriots. Seems really low for you know, no, no Jonathan Taylor. I don't know how they're going to use Deion Jackson as a receiver out of the backfield. Yes, we saw him see double-digit targets when Matt Ryan was the quarterback, but now we have Sam Ellinger. He only had three targets, two running backs a week ago. Uh, they were winning for most of that game, so maybe that had something to do with it, but it's really hard to try to predict how that flow out of the backfield is going to go. These shorter routes for Pierce actually make a ton of sense here. Just some crossing routes. I mean, this, this could be just one for Alec Pierce here. And Isaiah Pacheco, less than 39.5 rushing yards, maybe coming off the by he will be inserted as the number one running back. I just don't think that Kansas City is going to run a number one running back uh, out of their backfield. It's going to be a split between Pacheco and Jarek, who continuously plays the most snaps of any team or of any running back in the Chiefs' backfield. And then you still have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's not like he's going to get zero touches. He's going to carry the ball a little bit. And you're going against Tennessee, who is the number one DVOA rush defense in the league. They are 12-point favorites in this game, so you would expect a heavy run flow. However... What we know from the Tennessee side of the ball, we still don't know who's playing quarterback for them. It could be Tannehill. He's a game-time decision. That's a Sunday-nighter, so we're not going to know likely until very late into the day unless they come out and say it. But then you have Willis, and then you have Henry, and then you have Hilliard. They're going to try to do what they did a week ago against the Texans. Now, Kansas City can score 
So that might be a bit of a fool's errand on the Tennessee side, but that's initially what they're going to try to do. So if you see a lot of running from the Tennessee side, that's going to shrink the game down a lot in this scenario where you're just not going to run as many plays. That's going to, especially if they're successful in that, they're going to try to milk the clock, make this game as short as possible, as few possessions as you can find. So if you can just limit Pacheco from actually breaking a big one out, you know, put him around like, five to eight carries, he should come under the 39 and a half rushing yards. I think Pierce is my second favorite of these. So maybe you have a favorite. The one I feel the most confident about is Heineke on the board. So let's go to passing yards. We'll go to Taylor Heineke and boom, we're going to play more than 228.5 passing yards. We can cruise some of these fantasy scores as well. There's some really high-end guys that I like this week. Like, for example, where's Eckler? Eckler's 24 fantasy score, the highest projected on the slate. Per my projections, weirdly enough, Travis Etchen is actually the second highest fantasy score of the week. I haven't projected at 21 and a half fantasy points. He comes in at 17 right now. I think I'd go with the lower barrier to Christian Kirk because... He saw seven targets, ten targets each of the past two games. Playing Denver is not going to be super helpful. We know Vegas can't stop anyone. I've already played that one, so I don't need to go to that one again. So I'll probably end up going with Alec Pierce. I think will end up being my second favorite of that game. So let's go to Alec Pierce, and we'll go more than 28.5 receiving yards. We're going to go more and more. We've had more success with unders rather than overs so far this year, but we'll go 125 to pay 375, and boom! We shall be on our way. So you can see all of the different plays that I have so far this week on prizepicks.com. Once again, code MMN at prizepicks.com or just use the link down in the description to get your deposit match of up to $100. Injury report for the week. All of this is available in the Mayo Media Newsletter, completely free to join. You can find all the hot links to the rankings as you can in the description of this video. They're all updated to right now. I'll update them again on Sunday morning and when we have new information on the weekend. So at running back, as you can see, Jonathan Taylor is out. Daryl Williams has been placed on IR for the Arizona Cardinals. Still a game-time decision tag on James Connors. That could vault, you know, Benjamin very high up against the Seahawks this week if Connor is active. I still like Benjamin now more because it doesn't seem like Connor's near full health. J.D. McKissick, as mentioned, is out for the Commanders. So you're going to see a split between Gibson and Robinson, but Gibson primarily in that passing game. Chuba Hubbard out for Carolina. So great news for Donta Foreman. And I guess Blackshear will continue to play the passing downs while Foreman gets a majority of the work on the ground. We'll get to the rankings here in a second to see where they all shake out. Gus Edwards looks like he's not going to play on Monday evening. He's likely out. He's not for sure out as of yet, but I've taken him out of the rankings. Damian Harris has an illness. He's probably still going to go. DeAndre Swift Dan Campbell's response was, we're going to see how it goes with DeAndre Swift. That does not inspire a ton of confidence in what he is up to. He got out-touched by DeAndre, he got out-touched by Jamal Williams 13-10 to last week, so well, it's going to take a big play. You can do that against this horrible run defense of the Packers, but if it's going to be Jamal Williams primarily on the ground, Jamal Williams is likely the better play. Plus, he's getting all the goal line work. No word yet on if Cordero Patterson will become officially active. I have placed him back in the rankings. I would ex- still expect expect that to essentially be a four-way split in that backfield. We'll still get Algier. We'll still get Caleb Huntley, but for sure, if Patterson's playing, he'll probably be the lead, but that's probably 50% at best. Then you still have to contend with Mariota rushing the ball at the same time, too, and seven and a half point dogs in this game against... 
uh, or sorry, f- three-point dogs in this game against the Chargers. And you would hope that they probably try to pass. They're not going to – they'll want to run the ball as much as possible, but they may not be in that position to do that. Mark Ingram, no news on him yet for Monday Night Football. And Cam Akers, uh, Sean McFay said he could play this week, despite their personal animosity. So keep an eye on that, not that you want to play – Cam Akers at this point, and we'll see how that ends up going the rest of the season. Again, the rankings are down in the description. Uh, we can kind of find Dante Foreman without Chuba Hubbard. I've vaulted up to number eight. That's risky biz because if he does not get those long passing downs and third downs and they do fall, I mean, they're seven and a half point dogs to the Bengals in this game, but you can run on the Bengals. We saw Nick Chubb do that and they're going to want to run as much as possible. But you have to remember that both of Cincinnati's top two corners are out of this game. So maybe this is closer than you think. I still think that Foreman, regardless of game flow, gets over 17 or gets around 17 rushing attempts. More, most likely, definitely more than 15, barring an injury. And that should be good enough with all the goal line touches to vault him inside the top 10. Everyone else, like, if I knew that Damian Harris was for sure out, I would vault Ramondre Stevenson up probably to number five, right around Ken Walker, Josh Jacobs. But that looming threat of Damian Harris is, you know, still as long as he continues to see goal line work, it's just a you're gonna need Stevenson to score from farther out. That's never a good sign. Deion Jackson, as I mentioned, I have it number 14. Philip Lindsay as the backup. I think I have a number 41, 42. Jeff Wilson's probably gonna be active for the Miami Dolphins here. I don't know how involved he's going to be, hence why I have Raheem Mostert as a high-end running back, too, at number 13 this week. You can see Williams, as I mentioned in regards to Swift, at number 15. Uh, I have DeAndre Swift at number 20. I still like his upside, but, you know, it's more of a riskier play in this situation. James James Robinson dealing with a bit of a knee injury. Still probably going to go, but I have Michael Carter as the primary pass catching back in that offense in a game where they're double-digit underdogs. So expect like five to eight targets for Michael Carter in that game. That could be good enough. If you want to play Antonio Gibson over him, completely understand that. I still have Clyde Edwards-Alaire because of his just weird touchdown efficiency higher than Isaiah Pacheco in this game. Hence why I like the under on Pacheco in that spot as well. Herbert's still behind Montgomery because it takes Herbert to be playing really well to go ahead of Montgomery. If Montgomery's playing well, Herbert's never going to get his chance against the Dolphins, but both are viable options this week. Patterson, as I mentioned, probably plays 50% of the snaps if he is active against the Chargers. So I have him at 26, Algier and Huntley at 32 and 33. I think that Huntley's role remains unchanged, whereas CPAT probably milks away a little bit from what Algier was up to. If Algier is not getting his 8 to 10 carries per week or more than that, he's kind of useless because he doesn't receive the ball at all. Whereas Huntley's more of that scat back, big play potential type running back against a very weak defense in the Chargers where if they were ever to throw to a running back, it would probably be Caleb Huntley. So that's the way that I'm looking at it this week at running back to shift over to the wide receivers now. And what we're seeing, obviously the Chargers have got completely blown up. No Allen, no Williams. And if we go down to tight end, no Donald Parham. Parham! He has been placed on injured reserve for this game. So Jerry Everett's going way up the rankings, obviously. And as you can see from the wide receivers, again, DKNation.com, find all of the rankings in the description. And once you're there, Use these handy hot links and boom, hop around. Get ready. Josh Palmer I have as the highest ranked at number 25 in this spot. 
But you still have DeAndre Carter. I have him at number 34. And then Bandy I have down in the 50s at some point. So that's the way that I would shake out. They make a very cheap and affordable DraftKings stack this week. I think my favorite one, if you want to get a little bit off the beaten path, is leave Carter and leave Palmer out of it and just go Herbert, Eckler, and Everett. Uh, because very f- fewer people will end up using Everett, there, using Eckler with Herbert. Although Eckler will be one of the highest owned players, but he'll likely be solo in that spot. Devontae Parker is out for the Patriots, so Tyquan Thornton gets a little bit of a bump up. Corey Davis out against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios, Tower Conklin, although the Bills have been smothering tight ends so far this year. So just be very wary with any of the Jets' pass catchers outside of, like, Michael Carter, to be perfectly honest with you. Russell Gage is out for the Bucks. Uh, no word yet on Julio, assuming he's going to play. Dotson out for the Washington Commanders. So again, we're going to see McLaurin. Antonio Gibson is a pass catcher, Curtis Samuel in the slot, and Cam The Sims likely on the outside for Taylor Heineke this week. Uh, it's That Washington and Minnesota game is ripe for a same-game parlay. Jefferson over... Jefferson over, Cook rushing under, Heineke, Heineke overs, Gibson overs, and probably Samuel overs as well, depending on what those numbers are. You can really juice that up pretty well. I might play that, tweet that out, or even include it in the Saturday evening newsletter. Uh, Jamar Chase, obviously out another two to six weeks. Michael Thomas was placed on IR. We may get Jarvis Landry back for this game. Rashad Bateman. Uh, We can take a quick look at how everything shakes out here in terms of run the Sims and how we are trying to factor all of this in. So we go to the DIY simulator and try to figure out what the Ravens passing game is going to look like this week. We go to the inputs. I should probably pick a slate. And we'll do Monday night only because that's the game that we want to go. So you can go individually into each game and try to do your projections that way. Or you can just do the entire main slate. I find it is easier. Let's see, second half. I don't want to do second half stuff. Baltimore, New Orleans. All right, so here's what we're looking for and how we have it mapped out right now. Mark Andrews, we still have his in. I don't think that he's going to play, which should push up Isaiah Likely a little bit. So let's put him to zero. Let's just pretend like Mark Andrews is out in this game. So we'll push Likely up to 23% of the target share. We'll bump Josh Oliver up to, I don't know, 8%, I suppose. How much is realistically Josh Oliver going to do? I don't want any non-bread as a part of that. And we'll bump Nick Boyle up to 3%. I I won't mess around with the touchdown percentages as of yet because we're trying to do this as quickly as possible. So we still have 10% to allocate here. So Duvernay will bump up to 18%. That seems pretty reasonable to me, although he's a bit more of a gadget guy. I think I'm going to bump up Demarcus Robinson to around 16% as well. That gives us an extra 3%. We'll go to Tylen Wallace, bump him up to 4%, and bump up Prochet to 12% in this spot. And now we're back at 100%. Now, Gus Edwards, we still have his in right now because we don't know officially whether or not he's out. But we can just, well, just for the receiving purposes of this game, we'll take him out of zero. We'll put him to 0% receiving share and bump up Kenyon Drake to 8% and just run the Sims, run the simulation 10,000 times and see what it gets us. 10,000 simulations should take like three hours to do. No, it takes three seconds in order to do. So our projections for this game now at running back, you can see, obviously, we're only looking at receiving for this because we didn't take out any of the Gus Edwards rushing totals. But we now have Kenyon Drake at you know 1.4 receptions for 10 yards. That's not 
you know, good by any means. But if he's playing on the field more, then maybe we can up that a little bit as we go through. That puts Duvernay at three catches for 34 yards. That's still not great. Three or 8.8% or 8.8 fantasy points in the situation. Then you have Demarcus Robinson, two and a half catches for 26 yards. So you can see we have the projections for running a whole lot higher here. Isaiah Likely, where you would think that he would get this huge bump in productivity, 3.5 catches for 38 yards, 8.7 fantasy points. Now, if he catches a touchdown, obviously, if any of these guys catch a touchdown, that's going to be uh, inflating their scores a little bit. But as you can see, Duvernay is still the one I like the best, but I only have him at number 31 in the rankings right now. I, I just don't have that great deal of trust in him this week. So that's my thought process on the Monday night game. Should those different circumstances come into play? Maybe Gus Edwards plays, maybe Mark Andrews plays, and then none of that means anything. But you want to get yourself prepared because you only have so many options on a Monday night to set your fantasy team and get ready for that. Uh, let's see. Bateman, obviously, is placed on air. He's out. Josh Reynolds is likely out for the Detroit Lions in this game. Once again, not official as of this recording, but that does bump up our guy, Khalif Raymond, to number 38 in the rankings and even playing overs on him. I didn't even think about the prize picks on him. He's probably not offered at this point, but let's see. Receiving yards, Raymond. Yeah, we're not getting any Raymond. Maybe that will pump up a little bit later on. Uh, there are some other guys I wanted to look at for tackles and assists, too. Neil. No, we're not getting Neil. Are we getting Holland? These are all from my guy, Ryan Noonan. And Walker. No, the three guys that I want to play are not available on prize picks. Probably smartly, because Noonan has been crushing these defensive props. I believe he's up to like 16-5 and five for the year on his over-under. So those are the three, by the way. Uh, Neil on Seattle, Holland on Miami, Walker on Green Bay, over 5.5, over 6.5, over 6.5, if those are the numbers that you can find. Because uh, they're all stepping into very good roles in this situation this week due to injury and playing a lot of box safety against teams that are likely going to be running the ball on the Matun. Back to the wide receiver injury report. It does look like uh, Christian Watson is probably going to play. Cooper Cup is going to play. Not, I don't think he's 100%. Alan Lazard's a game-time decision. I would expect him to play, if not, Romeo Dubs goes up into side, inside the top 20, if not, with the way that I have it right now. As you can see, I have Lazard at 21, and then Dubs at number 24 in the rankings. I mean, they're playing the Lions. It's a pretty good spot. So if they can't do it against these jabronis, who are they going to do it against? Jarvis Landry, questionable. I would expect him to play uh, obviously cooks and nico did not play on thursday night football julio probably going to play mac hollins is questionable with this heel injury but he too is probably going to play tight end injuries irv smith is out eight to ten weeks uh so that puts him out for the season you can comfortably drop irv smith at this point param place on injured reserve so bump up some jerry everett in this spot Cameron Brait is out, so Kate Otten is up. Mark Andrews likely out, so Isaiah likely goes up. He's inside my top 10. Brock Wright is a game-time decision. He has not passed concussion protocol, although Dan Campbell has said that he should pass concussion protocol. Either way, I like James Mitchell more in this spot. Whether he plays or not, I think that at $2,500, he's a capable flyer on DraftKings if that's the way that you want to go. Juwan Johnson obviously gets a bump on Monday night. Should Troutman not play, but we don't know that as of yet, so keep your eye out if you want to use Juwan Johnson, although there are many tight end options that you can use this week from the waiver wire. Darren Waller is questionable. I would expect him to go. Tannehill is a game-time decision for Sunday night football. And then Chase Claypool, you can see that, speaking sort of loosely about Anu, this is from Brad Briggs, at Brad Briggs on Twitter, about what his role might be this week. 
Uh, said it could be anywhere from 10 to 35 snaps for him on Sunday. This much we know, Claypool will play. We don't know about the snaps. Not that I'm actively targeting unders on Chase Claypool, but you can see in the rankings, I put him in at number 44. That's still ahead of like Matt Collins and Mecole Hardman and Tyquan Thornton, because I do think that if he does, he'll have very specific plays if he gets into this game. And essentially, he's a deep threat, so he's going to get these 50-50 balls deep down the field from field. So you're really taking a chance if you're going with Chase Claypool here, because you're going to end up with big zeros across the board. But I do think if he ends up with like two or three catches, it could be for a substantial amount of yardage in this game, especially against this weak secondary of the Dolphins. So bear that in mind. I, I wouldn't go out of my way to play him. But in a spot, I do actually think he has a weird amount of upside. It's just his floor is non-existent, but he actually has a pretty good ceiling in this spot just based on the matchup and based on the quarterback he's with right now and if they have these design plays that can go to him anyway code mmn at pricepicks.com all of the rankings are in the description the newsletter is in the description and once again runthesims.com slash mayo for 10 percent off you just saw the power of runthesims.com that's just the tip of the iceberg on the tools that are provided so i highly recommend that you do that if you want to get better at season long at dfs at betting these are tools that can help you achieve that you can go with the regular projections that are up there the stock ones because justin is one of the best in the world at football and hell any projections he's amazing at however if you want to go in and customize it yourself and get ahead of the game then hey by all means you can most definitely do that and then simulate the slate ten thousand times and what i just showed you in under five seconds not bad all right run the sims.com slash mayo smash like and let's see smash the like sub to the channel i'll be back sunday evening with cuss and kenny cam on pme sunday night live on mayo media network so please set your reminders now i'll see you next time yeah!